0: coming up on bbp news the supreme court heard two oral arguments surrounding president biden's student loan forgiveness program and tiktok has been banned on federal government devices
1: the cdc has released a warning report regarding teen mental health
0: welcome back everyone to another episode we're here on friday march 3rd obviously 2023 but before we get into any kind of intro any kind of news chris start us off with the weather headed into this weekend
1: in los angeles california it is mostly clear raining 61 degrees with a cloudy weekend in houston texas it is clear 74 with a clear weekend in chicago illinois it is raining 37 with a mostly cloudy weekend and in New York City, it is raining 45 with a partly cloudy weekend. Now, I got two things, Nick. Okay. At the top, you said it's obviously 2024. Uh-huh. No, it's not. No? Because I am still writing 2022. <laughs> Three or months I'll in. I'll on a report, you know, 2022, and I'll be like, oh, so that was this year. No, no, it wasn't. You know, that was last year. I
0: can't tell you when this was. I think it was in early February. I was writing the date down for something. And I even went back a year further. I wrote 2021 and just had to stop
1: and just reconsider everything I had been doing that day. I wrote a date. I don't remember what the date was. I think it was actually February 13th. Uh-huh. I wrote it as February 13th, 2020.
0: We <laughs> were just trying to set the clock back. I'm really not, though. No, I mean, in reality, I would not want to. I'm perfectly happy moving forward.
1: Uh, <laughs> and the second thing is, you said heading into the weekend? Yeah. I saw the weather for the weekend, Uh huh. and I was still thinking today's Monday.
0: Yeah, it, you know, this week felt like it absolutely flew by it It does not feel for us, it's Thursday at the time of recording this. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like we've gone through most of a week.
1: I don't even know what day it feels
0: like neither um, do I no, in complete honesty i you could tell me it's any day, and I'd
1: probably be I'd probably have half the mind to believe you um but anyways, we got some news to get into. Nick. Uh, we saw three hours of arguments on Tuesday as the fight over President Biden's student debt relief program reached the Supreme Court. The court heard two cases on Tuesday, Biden versus Nebraska and Board of Education versus Brown, that could ultimately decide the fate of the program. Before getting into the details, however, it is important to look at what is at stake. If the program is allowed to stand, it would provide relief for about 40 million students across the nation. It would total about 100 billion dollars in relief for those students. These were a few major arguments being made during the hearing earlier this week. The first was from the Biden administration saying that the program should be allowed to stand things to the HEROES Act of 2003. The administration said in their argument that the HEROES Act is a fair way to implement this program as it is meant to provide different forms of aid during a national emergency. This argument saw backlash, however, during the arguments primarily from the conservative justices who seemed to make their point that the HEROES Act was never intended to allow for a program of this magnitude and cost.
0: And the conservative justices continued to push back against this argument of the HEROES Act uh, with a few different arguments of their own throughout. And the first of these was the Fairness Doctrine. And this was brought up by Chief Justice John Roberts at first and echoed by Justice Alito. And the doctrine essentially states that this program is unfair to those in the U.S. who went to college and were either able to pay for it from the beginning or worked very hard to pay off those loans. And Chief Justice Roberts furthered the arguments against the program through the idea that the president overstepped his authority by acting unilaterally. To instate this program, and that's an argument that's been made by critics of the program since basically the very beginning. On this idea, Chief Justice Roberts said, quote, We take very seriously the idea of separation of powers, and that power should be divided to prevent its abuse, end quote. And this seems to suggest that Roberts, who was joined by several other conservative justices, believes that this program should have been approved by Congress, not just implemented by the president. There was also criticism from the conservative majority on the finding from the Biden administration that states that over half of the borrowers receiving these benefits have the capability to pay those loans off without the relief. The administration responded by pointing out that those in lower income brackets would still have... a hard time paying those loans off they would still struggle but there was one more argument that the biden administration used to try and get an edge in the case and that argument is legal standing this mainly holds merit in the case brought by the six republican-led states and the argument asks whether these states have any true legal ability to even litigate in this case the states argue that Allowing the program to go through would cost them money in the long run. However, their arguments heavily surround the loan service providers that exist in their states. The biggest example of this back-and-forth argument surrounded Mohila, a loan service provider that offers student loans nationally and is based in Missouri. The three liberal justices, joined by conservative Justice Amy Coney Barrett, held significant concerns on why it was the states themselves that were attempting to argue on the provider's behalf, rather than the service providers participating in the litigation themselves. However, this argument seemed to fall away to the arguments that we talked about before, and it suggests that the final decision on these cases will likely be made on merit rather than on standing. Now we're in the process of waiting on the justices' decision, which isn't expected until the end of their term in June.
1: A mandate has officially been put into place saying that all employees of the federal government must delete TikTok from their devices within 30 days. This comes as tensions continue to hold strong between the U.S. and China over a number of issues. The ban comes as concerns are growing over how much user data is being collected and stored by the Chinese government as companies that do business in China are required to turn over data to the government. As the issue has grown more U.S. officials have spoken out about their concerns surrounding the app and its parent company, with Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco saying earlier this month, quote, I don't use TikTok and I would not advise anyone to do so. Beyond this mandate, there are also efforts in the House to pass a bill that would allow President Biden to ban the app nationwide through the use of what's known as the International Emergency Economic Powers Act. The bill would also require sanctions be put into place if it were found that information was being turned over to the Chinese government, whether that was through the parent company ByteDance or another foreign entity. And
0: while criticism of the app and its data collection methods is bipartisan, this bill has been split along party lines, with the main issue being how fast Republicans are attempting to push it through the House. And critics of the TikTok ban say that the move is unconstitutional, especially if the ban were to be implemented nationwide. Critics also say that the ban would not address the more overarching issue, that being what data companies are allowed to collect from their users in the first place. China has also responded to the ban saying that the move shows the insecurities of the U.S. and that it's an abuse of state power. TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, says that it has no idea how this new mandate would impact them, saying that they have no idea which of their users are government officials. And the U.S. is not the only country taking steps like this, with the app also being banned, at least on a temporary basis, from the phones of European Union employees. Other countries, including Canada and Denmark, are also considering a ban of the app on government devices, though nothing has been put into place just yet.
1: A new report from the CDC released in February shows that mental health is becoming an ever-increasing concern in children today. The report contains an analysis of data collected through 2021 of United States high school students and information from the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. The analysis found that overall the state of mental health in high school-aged children is worsening significantly with a particularly noticeable increase in the number of reports surrounding harmful experiences for teen girls. The report found that one in three girls seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year, which is up 60% from a decade ago. One in five experienced sexual violence over the past year, up 20% since 2017. 14% had been forced to have sex in the past year, up 27% since 2019. Overall, it was found that teen girls who experienced any kind of sexual violence increased by 20% since 2017. And there were also concerning trends for LGBTQ
0: plus students with 52% experiencing poor mental health in the past year and 22% attempting suicide in the past year. The analysis also looked at how mental health has changed across several racial and ethnic groups, and it found that overall suicide attempts had increased amongst both black youth and white youth alike. Upon the release of this report, the CDC is urging for more education within schools on mental health and sexual safety, as well as for more support in schools for students experiencing poor mental health.
1: With current Labor Secretary Marty Walsh leaving To lead the NHL Players Union, President Biden has named a successor. Deputy Labor Secretary Julie Sue is the pick to take Walsh's place. And this would make her the first Asian American Department Secretary of Biden's cabinet.
0: Sue has a long history of fighting for labor rights. She started out as a labor commissioner for the state of California and was the labor secretary for california before entering the biden administration she also has 17 years worth of experience as a civil lawyer fighting for workers that were often ignored or invisible including workers who were forced to work under armed guard she has received a macarthur genius award for her efforts there and she is also a graduate of stanford university and harvard law school the date for her senate confirmation hearing is not yet known
1: Getting into rapid news, Eli Lilly announced this week that it would be capping the monthly cost of insulin to $35 a month, a change that will take effect immediately. And a passenger train and freight train
0: collided in northern Greece earlier this week with 46 confirmed deaths at the time of recording, and the government is continuing to investigate the issue.
1: Nick, what do you got for this Friday morning good news? All right,
0: so I have a very... uh very interesting story a very unique story i guess you'd call it when you're supposed to do an operation now mind you i've never been a surgeon or anything like that but you haven't no i haven't but i would have to assume that as a surgeon you would not expect running a mile to and from a hospital uh to pick up a liver to be part of my day i would not expect that
1: Only on Grey's Anatomy.
0: Yeah, well, this was the case for Adam Bodzen, who was set to perform a liver transplant on a 66-year-old patient when he found out that the driver couldn't get to the hospital because of a marathon that was going on. This was down in Philly. They had all of the roads blocked off and the driver couldn't find the access point that had been set up for emergency personnel to get to the hospital, even after consulting with other police officers who were helping to run the marathon. And so Bodson decided to take matters into his own hands and ran a mile from the hospital to the driver with the help of police to get the liver and take it back and eventually towards the end was able to get a ride the rest of the way but he literally ran you know to and from this driver back to the hospital to get this liver and get the transplant done and it was successful the whole operation went without a hitch and the patient ended up leaving the hospital with a complete recovery six days later so just absolutely crazy and the heroics of the of the surgeon to actually take that matter and be above and beyond right to run a mile it was funny though because you know he's being hailed as a hero but afterwards he said
1: yeah i'm more of a biker (laughs) 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 well that is the end of this friday morning news episode we will be back here tomorrow morning with a Saturday, good news, March edition. Can't wait for that. And then, of course, Monday with, or Sunday rather, for what to expect for the week of March 5th. Monday, news episode. Tuesday, Eye on the Ball. Wednesday, Idiots in the News. Until then, everybody, enjoy the start of your weekend.
0: Bye, guys.